This is a show where we discuss minority issues and talk about what we're reading and watching, and ultimately why you should be reading and watching it too. Today we're going to review Everything Leads to You by Nina LaCour. And I have to admit, Nina, I want to make sure I'm saying your last name correctly because I happen to really admire you as a writer. So I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. Um, Go ahead and find a way to correct me. You can find me online. So Nina, you published this book in 2014. And I'm going to go ahead like normal and read the back so that everyone has an understanding of what the book is about. And then I'm going to go in a little bit as to the storyline, how I found the book and some of the characters and some of the plot points and why I think this is a really important book for young readers. So the back here is says, Emmy has been entrusted with her brother's Los Angeles apartment for the summer as a graduation gift, but she isn't sure how to fulfill his one condition, that something great take place there while he's gone. She may be a talented young production designer, already beginning to thrive in the competitive film industry, but she still feels like an average teen, floundering when it comes to romance. But when Emmy and her friend Charlotte discover a mysterious letter at the estate sale of a Hollywood film legend, Emmy finds herself chasing down the loose ends of a movie icon's hidden life. The search leads her to uncover a decades-old secret and the potential for something truly epic, love. Now, there's been a lot of coverage by the Los Angeles Times, I think, mostly because this book is so much about Hollywood. And on the backside, the LA Times quotes and says, LaCour has a knack for capturing unique intensity of characters discovering love, sex, and intense friendships for the first time. And I think that's pretty basic, honestly. I think this book is phenomenal in the sense that Nina paints such a normal picture of such an unusual circumstance. She gives us this main character, Emmy, who is kind of beyond life. She is not your average teenager and just the way that she handles things, her thought process. And that is really refreshing to dive into. A lot of authors and young you know, people forget that sometimes the reason why we watch TV shows and movies and read books is we use it as escapism. And we're trying to go into another world for a short, you know, even a very short period of time and connect with this, these characters. And so I think that Nina LaCour has actually got a knack for capturing really interesting characters and also painting them and their lives as just normal. I felt a great connection to this storyline, not because I've had any crazy opportunity like this where I've found a, a, a letter from a movie icon and then sought out to find his, you know, child or grandchild. This never happened to me before, but I am coming from Hollywood. I worked there for, you know, a very short period of time in the grand scheme of things. And I got, uh, I fell in love with Hollywood in a really romantic way. And then I fell out of love with Hollywood in a very unromantic way. And I think this book allows me that, you know, it allowed me this opportunity to dive back in and to, remember what it was like to be in Hollywood, to work in Hollywood, to have the drive and power and hunger. And also, you know, the opportunity to work on such intense, you know, intense projects with certain people who are equally as enthusiastic as I was. So I think that the LA Times could beef up their review here on the back and say a little bit more about LaCour's ability to weave together what is actually her first love story. And, um, and weaving together this unbelievable 
kind of mystery, but at the same time honoring, you know, the beauty of what is uh, the film and television and entertainment industries. So that's how I would how I would review this book. A uh, little brief storyline. Essentially, what the book is about is a young girl named Emmy who is about to graduate from high school. She is. Um, she's a senior in high school and technically it's her last few weeks of school last week. And she has a best friend named Charlotte and they are both working as assistants to, um, this production designer on a, a t- I think, I believe a TV show. And the way that they both got the jobs were, is because of Emmy's brother. He is a location scout, location manager for another show. So he works in the industry. And I, I think the idea is, is that he has all these connections that these girls are kind of rightfully so taking advantage of. And uh, so he is this kind of positive role model for them, helping them to make their way in the industry. And at the same time, we see them on the brink of graduation, that that moment where none of us really knows what to do with our lives. And at the same time, facing the pressures of Hollywood. And that is a really unique moment. Um, It kind of made me jealous, to be honest. When I went to Hollywood, I was in my mid-20s. And I didn't have time to kind of wander, I guess. I didn't have time to... Um, take some of the opportunities that would have been um, probably really fruitful for my for my career. And it's really cool to see Emmy working as a production assistant and trying to make her way in this uh, on this show with this one direct, you know, production designer who's really interesting her to help design a room. So we've got Emmy and Charlotte, they're best friends, they're working in Hollywood. Um, Emmy's brother is about to go on this job location scouting for the summer. And he gives Emmy his apartment for the summer and he tells her that something amazing needs to happen in the apartment. And I think that when you're reading this book, you automatically assume that it needs to be love and romance and this, she has to fall in love, find someone to be with. And I think that Nina actually instills that in our minds because she very quickly introduces Emmy's ex-girlfriend, Morgan. And we automatically kind of swoon over Morgan and kind of want through Emmy's eyes and we kind of want them to get back together and and you're kind of starting to predict um, within the first like 10 pages that Emmy and Morgan will ultimately get back together and that will be this epic thing that takes place over the summer and thank you Nina for making it much more involved than that um, but you do give us this kind of moment to to really invest ourselves and to use our, as readers, use our imaginations and creativity within the first few pages to try and guess. You've already got us hooked, basically, uh, by by the way you plant the, the seed. Um, and it might not just be the first 10 pages, I apologize, but it's it's within the first quarter of the book that we're really engaged, trying to guess what the, what the ultimate uh, find will be, what the summer will ultimately be about. So... That takes me to the next point of what the summer is really about and where the book goes, hopefully without giving too many spoilers here, but it's really hard not to because this book is so good. Uh, So what happens is, is Emmy and Charlotte are at this estate sale for a gentleman named Clyde Jones. And he is, in the novel, he is 
this famous movie star who has just passed away and there's a lot of mystery around his life and the people in his life. And, and we as a society in the book don't really know that much about him. So, it, you know, everyone's trying to to clamor after whatever information they can get. And so they go to this estate sale to try and find pieces for their set designs. And ultimately they find this letter that Clyde had, you know, hypothetically written to a child or a grandchild. And it sends Charlotte and Emmy on this epic kind of journey to figure out who the letter is for and how to get the letter to that person. And ultimately that's how they end up meeting this young woman named Ava in all of her baggage that comes along with. And we, through the kind of figuring out who Ava is, we get to meet everyone in Emmy's world. We get to meet her boss at the production company at the show. We get to meet her ex-girlfriend, Morgan. We get to meet her parents as well as her brother. We really kind of dive around through many different characters. And we see Emmy very much herself with every single person that she meets, which is very abnormal. If you know teenagers at all, you know that they are often different with different people. And I admire Emmy so much because she does maintain a strong sense of who she is throughout the whole book. And I think in large part, that's all has a lot to do with her best friend, Charlotte. I think that Charlotte is such a grounding character for her to help remind her of who she is, what she wants, and you know, kind of what what she's doing each moment to moment. Honestly, because Emmy gets very distracted by her emotions, as you will find if you read this book, she gets very caught up. So uh, we'll get in a little bit more into the book itself and the storyline, but I want to explain a little bit about how I came across this book. I am originally from Portland, Oregon, and I go to visit my family every holiday for the most part and every summer. And when I go to Portland, I make the very specific effort of going to this bookstore called Powell's. Powell's is one of the largest independent bookstores in the nation, and if not the largest. And it is, it's very inspiring to go to Powell's because of the diversity of who's there. Um, Also to be surrounded by so many inexpensive books that you can really open up, crack, and sit and read for hours, and no one will really bother you. And it's it's a really freeing place because there's so many different sections and so many different stories all wrapped up in one building. And I'll go in looking for a specific type of book and come out with 15 books, I'm not lying, in a completely different Uh, genre or category. So honestly, Powell's is really phenomenal. And the main reason that I go to Powell's every single time I'm in Portland is simply for their young adult LGBTQ end cap. Now, a lot of bookstores do not have a quote unquote LGBTQ section. And I think that is, you know, is not right. I think that there are categories in life. And I, again, I don't think that things should be categorized necessarily, but I do honestly think that there are not enough LGBTQ trans queer materials out there. And I don't think that, I don't think that young people especially know how to find them. I think it's phenomenal to have an end cap like this in a very independent bookstore, really large bookstore, so that honestly, that anyone who's looking for this type of content, lesbian, gay, trans, queer, bisexual, pansexual, 
they can go and find this material without having to necessarily do a lot of thorough research in advance. And the fact that there are employees at this bookstore who read and are seeking out this type of these types of books and these types of stories and then helping young people understand why they should read them and understanding that these are empowering stories that ultimately will help them feel more connected within their own community, wherever that community might be. So I always go to Powell's when I'm home and I would advocate that more bookstores build these types of sections. And it's really disheartening sometimes when I go into bookstores and I can't find any of the LGBTQ authors that I really admire. And and I'm wondering how we can help to spread the message that this kind of content is in high demand and that it is important for people to be consuming. I have to admit on a flip flip side of that, my local library carries so many different books in this category for young adults. And it is incredibly refreshing. And I go and I check them out and I read them. And that is ultimately the impetus for this podcast, because I want to kind of help to curate and to help give a sense of what is out there and why young people should be reading it. So that is how I came across Everything Leads to You. And I am so grateful because Thank you, Nina, for writing so many other amazing books because I have gone to my local library and requested and read um, almost every one of your other books, and I only have one more to go, and I will be devastated when that last book is done. And I have actually requested as a recent gift your entire collection of books to own on my own. I want to make sure that I'm giving back to uh, your, uh, I'll say, empire Um, But I want to make sure that you're rewarded for the work that you're doing. And ultimately, by going to my public library, I'm trying to say to the librarians and to my town that we need more content in this area uh, to be stocked and to be uh, more widely reviewed and spread. So to get into a little bit about this book, uh, I have to say I've done a little bit of research about Nina LaCour and her the types of books and stories that she writes. And ultimately she admits she does not write typical love stories. And if you've read her other books, you understand that's very true. She does not write the story of someone falling in love with someone else. Usually there's so much more heartbreak and emotion. But I do believe that Nina chose this book as a really specific opportunity to explore a real love story. And in the same article I was reading on, you know, Publisher Weekly, Publishers Weekly is, she says that she was actually out visiting a school and doing kind of a talk back uh, with the author about this book, Hold Still. And she says, as a part of my trip, I met with the Gay-Straight Alliance at this one school, and she was prepared to talk about really heavy things and really difficult things, um, you know, regarding suicide and and the idea of maybe not being able to necessarily be who you want to be or even uh, knowing who you want to be. And yet uh, she says that when she was talking with some of these kids, the, the questions that she was getting were kind of at their core, very basic, uh, the idea about oh my gosh, you're married to a woman. Uh, are you, you know, that 
it's crazy. Do you, do your parents know? Do your friends know? Uh, and she was able to provide for these young people a sense of normal that, yes, I am married to a woman and yes, my family knows. And yes, my siblings know. And yes, my best friends know. And I'm able to be out and comfortable and it is normal. And so she started to realize that um, the more I spoke to them, the more I realized that we need more affirming and happy stories about all kinds of love, but especially stories about girls falling in love and boys falling in love. After my visit with this particular group of students, I went back to my hotel room and decided that my next book would be about this. And so it's not necessarily what you would consider a romance, but it is a story about two girls falling in love. And that is incredibly refreshing. And basically, I think that's all that we really need. Uh, so to break down a little bit more about some of the plot, I think that there are so many things happening in this book and all these different elements that are woven together. The main through line is Emmy and her best friend Charlotte going on this journey, as explained earlier, to figure out who the letter is written to. Uh, their search process shows a level of dedication and a moral compass that is is, again, kind of unrealistic. These two girls go to the library and they interview people and they drive over all over Los Angeles County trying to figure out who this letter could be written to. And ultimately, we as viewers are wondering why they're so dedicated. And it starts to write, I'd say, as I would give up as a reader, they finally figured out who the girl is, who they're missing, and that's Ava. But I do think that Nina does, Nina LaCour does push viewers, readers a little bit far in the search process. Uh, I think that the way that the book ends has to do with uh, Ava and Emmy and the idea of what is this, what's their relationship really about? Um, Ultimately, Ava and Emmy develop feelings for each other, or at least we know for most of the book that Emmy has feelings for Ava. And there's this beautiful moment, which is a spoiler alert here, where Ava continues to play on with this search. She continues to play the game, thinking that that is all that Emmy wants. So Ava continues searching for the history, wanting to know who was there when her mother died. And, and I honestly don't know that Ava really wants to know. I don't think she's had answers her whole life, so it's believable that she would suddenly want those answers. But at the same time, it's, it's so beautifully written because we see Ava at this desperate point in her life. And we can see her kind of watching Emmy out of the corner of her eye. And it's it's very well written uh, how ultimately Emmy and Ava have this moment where they finally realize this relationship and connection is not solely about the letter. It is not about the mystery. It Things can begin in our lives with these epic moments that are, are so, you know, movie magic or, fan, you know, made up. But ultimately, 
the reason the story resonates and it carries on is because there's a deeper connection there. And so for Emmy and Ava, they have to have that conversation with each other. We've all had best friends that we've bonded over a simple activity with. And then as soon as everyone stops laughing, you take a deep breath and you think, okay, what's next? Well, there isn't very much next. There's not really something else to talk about. And so that moment when we as readers are kind of on the edge of our seats, holding our breath, saying, oh, my God, please, please, please let there be more for them. Uh, and then they have this big blow up fight. Ultimately, you have to keep reading to figure out what ends up happening. But I think the author does a really great job of you know, and helping the viewers be invested in that moment that we all can really relate to. Uh, that's a really, you know, really great point in the book. In terms of how Emmy ends up using the apartment that her brother leaves, I don't want to give it fully away, but I think that this book blends very well a romance with in, in relationship for Emmy and Ava, but also Emmy's relationship with herself and sense of career and where she wants to go with her life. And in the idea of, you know, falling in love with the movie business and falling in love with one particular movie. So it is a romance or a love story between two girls, but it's also so importantly a love story between one girl and ultimately herself and her ultimate happiness and where she wants to go and what she wants to do with her life after high school. And I think that's forgotten often. Uh, young people and uh, older people do not always remember that in order to be happy in a relationship with someone else, we ultimately have to be happy on our own and with ourselves. And this is something my partner and I talk about almost daily is, are we happy? Are we moving towards the goals that we have for ourselves? Are we living up to the expectations that we set for ourselves? It is not enough to say that, oh, someone expects something of me, so therefore I must meet their expectation. We constantly have to be working on ourselves, reassessing and reevaluating and making individual moves to better ourselves and to make ourselves happy. And so there's this great blend in this book, I'd say 50-50 almost, between uh, Emmy's trying to develop a relationship with a young woman and then also her trying to develop a real grown-up relationship with the Hollywood industry and working as a production designer and finding her own creativity in a sometimes very constricting work environment. Yeah, so... Again, that is a really strong point in this book. Uh, not necessarily your typical love story of just two girls who meet. And this is something that I would really aspire to do to write myself, is that type of depth and character development um, for an otherwise normal teenage girl. Uh, let's see here. I want to talk a little bit about the parents in this book who I think are also unreal. But again, we read in order to uh, kind of suspend reality for a short period of time. I think that Emmy's parents are exceptionally understanding and are unreasonably so. I don't know that every parent in the world 
would allow their 18-year-old daughter or 17-year-old daughter who's about to graduate from high school go live in an apartment in, you know, West Hollywood for the last few weeks of her high school career with another young woman. I don't honestly believe that that would happen. And then in every other scenario, I don't know that I believe that these two parents would just let a whole host of people come over to their house and then, you know, be supportive in the ways that they are. That being said, this is not a book about a young woman and her railing against, you know, uh, being suppressed. Ultimately, she is comfortable. Emmy is comfortable with who she is. And we give a lot of credit to her parents as we get to know her parents. But if Nina LaCour had written this with the parents being, you know, suppressive in any way, we would, as readers, take it to mean that, you know, Emmy's not fully comfortable in her own shoes. She is not out to her whole family. And it would not seem, uh, it would not seem like this is a normal scene. Uh, so I, I think it's really important that the parents are really laid back and that they are incredibly supportive. And the only real struggle that she has with her family is with her brother and her momentary lapse in thinking whether she wants to work in the entertainment industry or not. I think that it's important that her family is kind of a steady rock in her world while she is grappling with her peers and ultimately her career. Uh, We can see that Emmy will always be successful because of the support system that she has in place. And I think this is one of the more successful pieces of the story is playing into the oftentimes, you know, heterosexual young men and women in, in these young adult books have normal family lives and they are struggling to find relationships. And it's not fair that it's assumed that in every novel about a trans, queer, bi or gay or lesbian young person would have issues with their parents. So I think that's a really strong choice on the part of the author here to give us uh, a really cohesive family unit where there is no question of whether they support and love their daughter. Uh, And we see it over and over again, how they love her and support her in almost all ways. I really do think this is one of the best books I think I've ever read. And that's not uh, categorized, you know, that's that's in all books ever. <laughs> so I really want to thank Nina LaCour for writing this book and for putting her content out there. I wish that I knew a little bit more about her as an author. I'm not one of those people who stalks, <laughs> you know, the authors or, or actors or, you know, creators of content. But I, I ultimately... I'm very proud of the fact that she is so open about her relationship and she writes so honestly uh, these really kind of sweet stories where she makes being gay normal. And I really admire that because as a, as a lesbian myself, I often feel, you know, it's very strange. I feel like I am normal when I'm with myself and my friends. I feel like there is nothing wrong with me. I feel like I don't even need the category or label. And for so long, I lived without the label, not knowing that it was a label. <laughs> and I, I really wish that there were more content out there that showed me uh, different versions of my life, different things that I could connect with and without having to have Uh, so many of the stereotypical issues that uh, gay people face. You know, too many stories, like I said in the beginning, too many stories are really about just coming out. 
and it's not fair because, because that is, you know, you, that's, it's overplayed. It's too much. And when you just show young people, especially in young adult books, that that is all that there is to being gay and you don't show us what normal can look like or feel like, then we really start to question what we're doing and is it worth it? Uh, and so it's so important that, you know, this author and other authors that I have read and will share about in this podcast are producing content that really does show us how normal we are and how normal we can be. Uh, even though we may not be in, in that moment yet, we might, some people who read these books may say, oh my gosh, I can't fathom a world in which my mother and my father know where my grandmother and my grandfather know my aunts and my uncles and my cousins and my best friends in the whole world know and are okay with who I am and the choices that I'm making. And so it's so important to have these books where we can dive out of our own reality and into someone else's very normal reality and, uh, and gain the confidence from these characters that we spend our time with and really feel as though uh, we are with them and that we will be okay as they will be okay, uh, as we ultimately find out in each of the books or in each of the films. So thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for listening today. And I also want to thank Ben Sounds for his amazing intro and outro song. And if you have questions about any of the content we reviewed, or if you have any recommendations on what we should be watching or reading, please reach out to us at our production company, greatnorthernfilm.com. 